Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start, if you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Morse. Um, I'm standing outside and you might hear the odd airplane, so apologies for that. But I'm here with Peter Charters today. Hello. Good afternoon, Sam. Good to see you. Welcome. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about sort of who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, so we're, we're here um, on a Maserati test drive event. And um, from my point of view, I'm a general manager for Maserati for North Europe, which is Scandinavia, UK and uh, Ireland. Uh, I joined the company three and a half years ago as I tell everybody, three months before COVID. So perfect timing. Um, but it was perfect timing because it's right at the beginning of um, Maserati's renaissance um, in terms of product portfolio. So right just before the introduction of MC20. Yeah. So um, I look after the team in the UK, which is a sales marketing after sales and finance function. And uh, we're based in West London. Nice. It's, it's an interesting, like, obviously Maserati has a, a massive history, but my sort of, like, journey with Maserati has, I've sort of seen them around, and I've seen Gran Turismo's kind of cruising around, and they always sound good, but as someone that's into sports cars and kind of a bit of racing and whatnot, in my, I didn't really start driving until I was sort of 22, so maybe like 10 years ago, there wasn't really, Maserati didn't really fit into that kind of thing. I, I knew there was loads of heritage from a while ago of all these crazy race cars and loads of victories and stuff. But there wasn't anything that sort of connected with me. Um, and it seems like, you know, Maserati are now going, hang on, we are, we're a proper brand. We're gonna make some cool cars and everything's changing. Can you talk me through like what's happened and where we're going? I will certainly try to. So I think uh, you refer to, you know, Maserati's somewhat glorious 
um, past, but also an extended past. So we, we've kind of come in and out yeah. of racing, in and out of you know various um, segments and channels um, over the decades. And I think the fundamental difference now is that we've invested in a completely new product portfolio, um, which covers not just you know, your, your um, beautiful everyday cars, but also we're coming back into racing. And you know that for us is bringing back the heritage um, that we, you know, that people fondly remember, right? Um, for example, we go back into GT2 racing. We're in Formula E racing. We won our first event last well weekend in Jakarta, <laughs> yeah, which is great to see. Um, and we're starting to build supercars. So our P24, you know, that's our first supercar, and it's a. It's bringing the confidence back to the brand from, from our inner yeah. perspective, but also hopefully from a customer perspective as well. P24, sorry, I've, I've, I've missed this. Tell me what this is. So P24 is a uh, supercar. Um, it's, our, it's the next generation of MC12. If you right, remember okay. MC12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a track One only supercar. There you go. We're building 62 worldwide. That's it. Right. They're all sold already. Great, and they will be delivered uh, in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five. And what's the ba what's the basis of that? What's the end? what's the powertrain? So the basis is the MC twenty. Yeah, but then it's being developed because it's still in development, being developed as a supercar, even yeah. above the MC twenty, but using the MC twenty as its sort of fundamental basis. Yeah, so it's the same engine, same engine each, you know, with changes that brings it up to a seven hundred and thirty horsepower. Right, yeah, uh, yeah. engine, so it'll be uh, pretty rowdy, pretty, pretty an exciting yeah. prospect. The looking back, the MC12. I don't want to like dive too much back, but like that is a car that has carried along with me over like I don't know when I first came across it, and then I came across one of the courses, hooning it around a track, and you can't you can't forget that. That is just iconic now as like awesome. Um, but we've got, so we've now got MC20, which I went out for the first time today, which I was, was a really interesting experience. Actually, I didn't really, okay, it's difficult to not hear what people have done before and some people have driven it and you hear various things. Um, and I, it was only a sort of short drive. I was amazed at how like nice a drive. Now that, that's not probably the right word, but it goes down a road really nicely like it's, it just kind of flows it's, nothing's harsh nothing's bumpy it's, it's well supported is that like in a maserati ethos creeping into the the supercar going we you know we want the performance mm. we want the engine we want that stuff but at the same time we don't want to beat you up in the process yeah i mean first of all mc20 is our halo car so you know it started the the new era yeah um, in Maserati, and it brought together luxury and racing. Um, our history is, has been largely about being a touring car, yeah. you know, Gran Turismo type vehicles like that. So it's absolutely fundamental that we wanted to have a car that was drivable in the day-to-day, -day, but also an exciting racing car. I think, you know, read your reviews is what I would say to people, and other reviews as well that um, tend to say, that it is a fantastic blend of them both. Yeah. It can be an exciting racing car, but it can be also your um, enjoyable day-to-day um, -day car as well. 
that was it. Like driving a convertible around today, it's, it's a lovely sunny day um, down some leafy British B roads. It was it, even at like ten miles an hour. I was like, this is lovely. This is very nice, and it's such a it's such a good looking car, which we will not to talk about competitors, but. Lots of modern cars are not that good looking. Mm. And it's nice to see a brand making something that I would say is almost like classically beautiful, not in like an old way, but in like a modern way. Really cool. So we've, you're, a lot of the ranges are now being redone, aren't they? They're sort of being revisited, updated infotainment, updated stuff. What, yeah. what has changed recently and what's coming soon? Okay. so. The way to look at it, I would say, is that we're replacing the entire yeah. range of Maseratis in the next, well, already started with MC20 two years ago. And by 2025, everything will be not only um, refreshed with brand new models, but also everything will have an electric vehicle yeah. variant as well. And I guess that's an important part of our next journey is that all our new models will be fully battery electric. Yeah. Um, we've not gone down the hybrid um, road. We're going straight to battery electric. So by 25, every every um, every model will have an electric variant. By 2020, 2030, we will only be selling electric vehicles. So we will be the first Italian luxury sports car manufacturer to be fully electric, which yeah. is it, it's maybe not what people expect. Um, and I think that's that's a good thing for us. We've always been an innovative brand, and I think that's a positive for us. Um, so we will be replacing the whole range uh, over the next few years. Um, obviously, we've introduced Gricali. Yeah. And Gricali SUV is bringing us into a new customer database mm. um, where we've not been before. Obviously, we have Levante, which is a, a bigger car, a more expensive car, uh, but Gricali fits in in the what we call a DSUV, this like yeah. medium-sized SUV and is everyday exceptional, which is what we say. It's a car that you can use every day, but you feel that the experience is an exceptional yeah. experience. So that's the start. Um, and then the other cars will come um, in the near, in the next couple of years. Having a, a sort of a history of awesome sounding engines and all of these have got pretty good engines in them, or at least available. Are you guys like, oh, we can house this EV thing. Is it, is it a a straight cut transition or is it going to sort of meld over 10 years or something with the new EVs coming in? Yeah, it's a good question with the changing um, legislation. Obviously, you have to keep a close eye on that and it's a, we are a global brand, yeah. you know, a relatively small, exclusive global brand. Um, so we have to be aware of what's happening everywhere. So it will not be that we will start with electric and everything else just disappears overnight. But new model entries, you can imagine, are likely to be uh, electric vehicles. But for the moment, for example, with Gricali, that is a ICE engine. Yeah. But later this year, we will have the fully electric version. And those two will go hand in hand for the near future. And were they, are they on the same platform underneath? Yes. And that was yes. designed like that? So, from... so we, I mean, it, everyone's done it slightly differently. But when you look at a um, Gricali, it's the battery electric vehicle is very similar to the ICE, the design, it's not a separate platform. Um, but obviously the underpinnings are designed yeah. to, cook, to be a fantastic drive, whether you're driving an electric version or you're driving an ICE version. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I know, just depending on 
how they've all been configured is you normally lose, it's like a sort of practical question, but you lose a little bit of boot space going to a BEV sometimes. Is that is that going to be the case? I'm, I'm, with those, do you know? Or I, I'd, need to, I'd need to um, check the technicals on it, but I understand there's a battery, but for us, the way we've done it, we've put a battery up, you know, as a T, T battery um, underneath yeah. to give us the lowest possible gravity, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lowest possible um, point to the ground um, to get the ride and drive yeah. best. So in that respect, it doesn't impact massively on the interior of the vehicle. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. And then what is, yeah, it's, it's gonna be, I'm really intrigued as to how this is this is all gonna pan out because I've, I've got an EV and I, and I like using it, like it's, it's great. Mm. And, but I'm really interested in how the sort of more luxury end is going to go. And all, you're looking around and going, what are all the, presumably you guys are like, what's everyone else doing? All the technology is just changing so fast. I, presumably, I, I don't know whether you've dug much into or, or picked up on much of this, but like, how do, I, don't, I don't even know how you go, I'm going to make a car in five years, 10 years, because the technology is changing so much. Presumably, it's quite it's quite difficult, and there's a lot of like fingers crossed, like obviously calculated. But you're sort of going, is hopefully this is going to work out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we we try to bring in the most innovative, advanced technologies we possibly can. And this year, obviously, um, Gracali gets a fuel battery electric vehicle, but also Gran Turismo's yeah, getting yeah, yeah. The, the fully battery electric uh, version this year as well with 800 volt technology. You know, technology changes. That is the cutting edge of technology at the moment. Um, I, and it would be our intention to keep it at the cutting yeah. edge of technology. Do we know um, like range numbers on that yet? I, I can tell you certainly on the Gracali, we're at 500 kilometer range. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously in our luxury segment, as it is an everyday, exceptional, but everyday vehicle, um, we realized that we need to have a substantial range because people will be using it yeah. uh, for all types of journeys. So our view is that 500 kilometers or 310 miles is more than sufficient for the vast majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that average average journey is like 20 miles or 15 or something, something like that. But yeah, it does. So, and when are we going to see? When are we going to see those on the road? When are those going to be on the road? So uh, at the moment, we're expecting to see those vehicles customer deliveries um, in quarter four of this year uh, for both Gracali and Gran Turismo. So it's um, it's not far away. No. But of course, we will not be building lots of them. So yeah. like with many of the electric vehicle entrants, it will be supply constraint, you know, which is not such a bad thing. And yeah. it's, uh, it's part of our strategy anyway to not oversupply the market. We want to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that we're... Keep demand slightly keep above. That would be our idea. That would be the, the ideal. Yeah. And then um, you're making a MC20 GT2 car? Yes. Yes. So that will be launched this year. In fact, next month, I think, nice. uh, it will be shown in Spa. Um, and we'll be back into GT2 racing. So that's an exciting And what will, what's that going to compete in? It will know? be in the GT2 racing calendar. Don't know the exact details of yeah, what it's yeah. going to be doing, but it will be, uh, yeah, it'll be I'm trying to think what other cars are there in that. There's a few, I know there's a few in that category. It looks like quite a, a pretty good gentleman races series. Like I know there's shift from GT3 to GT2. They go from 
essentially more corner grip to then GT2, they're faster in a straight line and slightly, I think they're possibly a little bit slower in the corners or similar with the view of there being basically less less overtakes in corners and more on straights, therefore less crashes and less, less expensive bills. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's great to see another manufacturer out there producing more racing cars and then we're going to see them around around. Do you know if there's possible plans for other other segments? Well, what I would say is that we are, you can tell that we are growing our business yeah, into, yeah. into various areas. All of this has happened within just a very, very short period of time. So um, I don't know what the future holds in terms of, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the years to come, but we are, we're definitely wanting to be seen in those sort of more exclusive, exciting, luxury and sporty uh, events yeah. and categories. So, you know, yeah, sure we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. How does it feel working, or not so specifically for Maserati, but working for Maserati in like today when you meet random people? What's the sort of perception of Maserati or how has it, has it sort of changed over the last couple of years or 10 years? I, I think it's, it's really interesting because I've not been with Maserati that long, so mm. three and a half years. And I think what the historical um, view is that people they know the brand. There's yep. an awareness of the brand, very clear, and people usually have positive, you know, luxury racing type of um, thoughts when they think yeah. of the brand. The challenge for us has been um, getting awareness of the, the products themselves, because we are a small manufacturer. You know, we're not producing thousands of cars. We don't want to produce thousands of cars. Um, so getting that across um, has been a challenge. Now, it's been significantly easier in the last two years, let's say post COVID at least, because of all the new products we've got. I mean, we're here today, yeah. you know, we're driving cars. We have many journalists and influencers um, who are happy to come in and drive our new products. So we don't go on television. We're not um, advertising our cars, but we want people to be driving them and reporting about them and talking about them that's been a lot easier in the last two years yeah, than it has been previously. And MC20 has been really the, the hub, the start yeah. of that, that conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if, if you'd said to me, do you want to come and drive some Maseratis maybe five years ago? Depending on whatever, like, maybe, but I was like, yeah, they, they all kind of need a refresh. They've all been around for a long time. They're not really there. Whereas like yeah, now, there's so much, there's so much change in such a short period of time. And I definitely had that perception of like, it's a luxury, it's got a performance brand, it's got lots of history. But if I was to go, would I buy one? There wasn't a car, there just wasn't, there weren't any cars that I went, wanted to buy. And I imagine actually there's like a sort of pent up kind of demand in, in the back of people's minds sort of around where people go, well, I like the brand. Mm. It's a cool brand. They've done lots of cool stuff. Just got to make the car. So hopefully we're, you know, we're, we're going well, we're to be there. I agree. I think, I think we have now made, started to make the cars. Yeah. And I think this um, spring or summer um, period is a brilliant example for us. For the first time, as far as, you know, in almost recent history, even going back 10 years, you know, we've had a whole week of um, journalists driving our cars yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. We've got this week and next week, we're on a regional tour with all the journalists yeah. and influencers driving our car. We're going to be at Goodwood Festival of Speed, but in a bigger way, showing off all our new cars. 
um, and we've got Formula E events. We're going to be yeah. we're going to be making a noise there as well. Never in the recent history <laughs> of Maserati has have we wanted to been able to and been you know confident enough to yeah. to do that, which is fantastic. Yeah, that must make it. It's a pretty exciting time to be working at Maserati. It's and it's it's almost like too exciting you know we have we have so much to so much to launch so much to tell people about that we have to we have to plan very carefully otherwise we're you know one on top of each other so we've got lots of stories to tell everybody um and that's our challenge it's a, it's a nice challenge to have yeah right? yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, i it's as like an outsider looking at these sorts of things you see like oh there's an event here and then they're at goodwood and whatever and it, you kind of you kind of sort of forget that there's endless endless hours and the team behind the scenes just like getting everything ready and planning and i imagine you've got stuff planned for far into the future um it's so, crazy but exciting at the same yeah. time last year at goodwood of course was the first time we had mc20 there and we had david beckham came down yeah. and did the did the uh the launch if you like for us the goodwood launch and it just created so much excitement it was it was a real proud proud moment to be there on the stand yeah yeah very cool well thanks for letting me have a go in some cars today pleasure Sam. um I, I normally wrap this up with five questions and i, I reckon you see if you can uh, we'll see how we go let's give them a go okay do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey um probably it would be my first trip to italy um in my new, in my job as a Maserati yeah. uh, head, where we got to drive the MC20 around the racetrack. Nice. I would have to say that was my most fun experience. It's hard to beat an MC20 on the racetrack for me. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, would, yeah, yeah. that would probably be it. My next favourite one will be when the Gran Turismo comes out and I get to drive it through the Alps. Yeah, yeah, you want to do the road trip there and the road trip back. Yeah, yeah. yeah that'll be uh, that'll be a good one. If, if this is tricky when you're restricted, but I imagine you'll, you'll be able to come with this. If you're going to drive one car for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cello. MC20 Cello. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, well, I yeah. think, I, well, unless you want to <laughs> you want to dive into something else. Um, it's hard to beat. It's got the, it's the perfect combination of, you know, super sports car, but very cool when you take yeah. the roof off. Carbon tubs, you don't lose anything with having the roof down. I love on convertibles, the little screen behind you that you can mm -hmm. have down. Mm -hmm. like why, why can't we just have that on every single car? Just like, <laughs> yeah, a little screen come down. I've got the engine, but I don't have to take the roof off. That would just be so much better. I'll suggest that to our innovation lab. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, most undervalued car at the moment? Uh, is I, I'm going to obviously speak about Maserati. So I would oh, say John. most undervalued would be, for me, Ghibli Trofeo. Right. Because if you get a chance to drive that and We've given it to some journalists recently, and if you read the write-ups, they're very, very positive. You know, V8 engine in a rear-wheel drive car, Yeah, that's a lot of fun in a saloon car. So I would say that's probably the undervalued car. Yeah, I'd like But if you drive it, you there. probably won't undervalue it. <laughs> Most interesting car to you at the moment? What are you sort of thinking about? The Can't most, tell me. The most interesting, <laughs> well, I'm going to stick to Maserati. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's going to be Gran Turismo. You know, right, yeah, we had yeah. our first left-hand drive one arrive just a couple of weeks ago. It's hard not to walk past it and smile um, because it is such a revolutionary interior. 
evolutionary exterior because yeah. you know it's, it's such a popular exterior yeah. shape anyway. Good shape. That it just it just feels like it has to be a huge success for us. So I'm touching wood, keep fingers crossed. But it, you know, I think that's massive. And when are we going to start seeing them? Are they? They're not around yet, are they? No. July. July. Oh, very soon. Very, very soon. The first ones will arrive in July in right-hand drive. Small numbers. Again, we're just bringing them in um, to meet demand or slightly behind demand. Yeah. But the first ones come in in July. And, and what sort of sales numbers are you? sort of, I don't know, aiming for, sort of expecting, or maybe to even production numbers over the next sort of couple of years of, let's say, Gran Turismo and maybe MC20. I mean, what uh, Carlos Tavares, who obviously are the head of our business, he is very, very clear in, in what he says about volume. Volume is not the driver of the business, profit is the driver of the business, which yeah. is fundamental to what everything we do. So we don't have volume targets for sales. Yeah. Um, we plan for production, we have volume targets for sales. Having said that, it is our expectation in the UK that we will probably double our sales um, in the next 12 months compared with last year. And that will be across the whole range, of course. What, what sort of number would that be? Well, that would make it about, you know, somewhere between uh, I would say 1,200 and 2,000, but okay. it just depends, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, depends what the customers want to buy. Yeah, 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 if, yeah. Um, if it's more, then we'll build more, but if it's less, we'll build less. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, we've seen some manufacturers over the last couple of years, more, more or more, just dump cars into dealerships, and then they go out on finance, and then they come back, and then you just look at all the dealerships, and they're all just full of cars that you know they're upside down on, and it's, obviously coming back to buy them it's one of our fundamental principles is making sure we protect the res protect the residual values of our cars so for example on new Grecali, you will not have seen a used car Grecali for the first six months of its life and that's for the benefit of the customer ultimately yeah, yeah as well as ourselves obviously yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we are absolutely determined to to continue with that well yeah because if you no matter how much you love a brand if you buy a car and then just on a hypothetical situation where it somehow loses 90% of its value in a year, you're never going back, you're never buying another one because it's too painful. Um, exactly. And we, are, we have to be mindful, we are in a completely new era. We're bringing a lot of new customers to yeah. our brand that have never been with us before. They must have the right experience, both with our dealer network. So we're bringing a whole new corporate identity into our dealer network over the next two years to give the ultimate experience, but also their experience with the car from a quality point of view and from a value point yeah. of view. You know? Yeah, 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 it's, it's so, so critical. Five car garage, oh, this is tricky. Five car garage, unlimited value. I don't think that's the question I'm gonna answer. <laughs> two car, two car garage. No, 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 I haven't got a garage. <laughs> you, you, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a Ghibli V8 and a cello. Well, if I'm, if I'm allowed to choose a family of Maserati. Yeah, yeah, you can have two. For sure. If I'm allowed two, it's a cello and it's a Gran Turismo. Nice. Probably a Gran Turismo Trofeo. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be my two. That, that, that sounds like a good, a pretty good two-car garage. Yeah, if yeah. Obviously, we're slightly limited, but... It, yeah, because Gran Turismo, you know, it, it's if, when you see it, the space that you have in a Gran Turismo, Design aside, which is you know obviously um, iconic, the rear space, the luggage space, you can use that for pretty much your everyday living. 
Yeah. MC20 cellos for a Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday. Exactly. And, yeah. Can be used every day, but in reality, is not used yeah. every day. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast and giving me a little bit of an insight into what's going on. My pleasure, Sam, and enjoy the rest of the day. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi er skide trætte af alle de der podcasts, der forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakle.